I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good day, guys. I'm sure you've seen some of our live videos on TFC's Facebook page. And yeah, it's because we are locked down. And that's why I'm doing some live videos with Chung every other day. Uh, more like every day so far. Uh, and yeah, there's some things that we talk about that I thought was pretty interesting. And I know not everyone wants to see through the whole live video. So I decided to chop up some of the pointers so that if you are interested in a particular specific thing, you definitely can, you know, make this easy for you. So yeah, I think one of the main topics that people are very interested in at this point in time is what's happening in the stock market and you know, what are interesting things that we're going to find what are some things that I'm looking at because I'm sure you know I buy a little bit of stocks in the stock market and while I do not claim to be a professional I'm quite an enthusiast so yeah I have uh, some things in my radar and we did talk about some interesting stocks so I'm probably going to chop it up into like two episodes so that it makes it easy for you to understand and we all can learn something useful but before that Chung has something to tell us we are not any sort of professional advisors. We're here just mainly for entertainment, uh, to share about our own thoughts and opinions. Uh, nothing here is, you know, taken as, it should be taken as advice of any sort. Um, but feel free to do your own, you know, diligence and all of that after hearing all of it. Um, and as always, let us know what you think or if there are any companies that you're also interested in looking into, uh, let us know. And you can imagine my reaction. I said, no! We are just entertainment. But yeah, in some ways, we are entertainment. And I just hope we can be a little bit more entertainment. I hope we learn something useful. And if you want to you wanna see the whole video, go to TFC's Facebook page, TFC, the Financial Coconut Facebook page. And if you are enjoying what you're hearing, support us on Ko-fi, ko-fi.com. Everything is in the description below. I hope you learned something useful, interesting. So yeah, let's move on to the live snippets. Cool. All right. So um, stocks, uh, this past week has been quite a roller coaster. I was actually kind of curious as to, are there certain companies that you are interested in like talking about today? I think let's do, let's do some tech companies. Tech? All right. So, uh, yeah, sure. I, I think there are some, some growth tech companies that are pretty good. Uh, actually, before you even get to, um, like tech companies, um, uh, so the challenge is as someone who's trying to pick up like the value investing type of framework, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really focus on understanding like the discounted cash flow, right. And kind of coming up with a value based off that Mm. with growth companies um tech companies in particular most of these guys are like very 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 negative right (laughs) but at the same time like you know companies like a tesla for example have Uh, gone from 200 to 800 in like uh, two three months um how like i think think there was was a justification for something like that there's no justification for something like that (laughs) When you look at a stock, you need to realize that there are two components, right? One is the stock price. One is the underlying business, right? So I think that is where a lot of uh, fundamental investors 
we, we look at, right? We look at the business rather than solely just the price or the price movement, right? So uh, when you look at companies like Tesla, which are like growth companies uh, trying to benchmark a market, trying to like disrupt a whole market, yeah, the challenge comes as to how do you, how do you value something like that, right? Uh, and yeah, it is super complicated. A lot of your DCF models, they, they don't really work unless you separate it out, you know, and uh, that will, that will make the whole, okay. The problem with DCF is that, how do I put this? The problem with DCF is it, it can be oversimplified. Like these days, a lot of people are too simple, too, too simple about it. Right. It's just, you just pluck some numbers and then there's this like magic number that comes out at the end and then bam, okay. That is the price that you buy or that's the price that you, you don't buy or whatever. Right. So, uh, the challenge with that is that you look at all these big banks and big financial companies, they hire a whole team of people to analyze companies, right? They don't just use one formula to do this. And if the model becomes too complicated, which means like I, I'm assuming that Tesla goes from negative to become profitable. And then I'm assuming that they will bring down their cost of production because of scale. And then I'm assuming that they will continue to rise at 20% or 30% sales year on year because of expansion in China. I'm basing off three, three, three assumptions. Yeah. All right. So then that makes the model super complicated because I need to hit 0.1, 0.2, 0.3 before the whole thing works. All right. So when you're investing in, in growth companies or investing in, you know, uh, disruptors, then there is a good amount of faith that needs to come in in this in this in this game yeah and yeah most analysts are super biased in this game right so uh you have analysts saying that this will be like six thousand five hundred dollars stock right i think tesla someone was saying that six thousand five hundred dollars and you realize that uh the people that are most extreme they get onto the media right they go on the news the news they invite them and they talk so that is the the game of the news right the business of the news so when you look at it objectively sometimes I, I really question how do they like project 6,500 you know no they don't really publish like a full report talk about their breakdown and because a lot of things like PNC right mm-hmm. so so yeah personally I'm not a fan of Elon Musk I don't like him because uh, he always says this and he like delivers this right so it's like always under deliver over promise um, you can say that Tesla is a revolutionary company that is doing, you know, like uh, new kind of cars, you know, so be it, right? Uh, if you're a believer, go ahead. I'm just not a believer. I think there are other better places to deploy my money, right? Ultimately, yeah. you, you, you choose where you're comfortable. You got to understand the business and you got to just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Okay, well, like I guess that's a great segue to um, what's what's one of those tech companies that you are comfortable with? TTD man, TTD, the trade desk. Oh, explain to people what the trade desk is about. Essentially, it's an integrated advertising platform, right? So you realize that these days there are like tons of tons of ads uh, all around, right? That you can Mm -hmm. advertise on the games, you can advertise on like TikTok, you can advertise on like Snapchat, Twitter. Everywhere, right? So most companies will, most big companies, so small companies will try to do everything on their own, right? And they are not the, 
they're not the main kind of people in this business anyway. So then there is the other two bunch of people, which are your advertisers and your huge ass companies that advertise a lot, right? So your advertisers, uh, they can be taking on small projects from all these different companies, uh, mid-sized companies that want to advertise but don't have the expertise to do it. So then they get an advertiser to do it. Or they can also take projects from big ass companies that, you know, uh, want to engage them professionally to do their thing. Or you can have big companies that have a team in-house to do all the digital marketing outreach and everything. But yeah. a complex, uh, the complexity these days is very significant because it's no longer just Facebook, no longer just Instagram, no longer just YouTube, mm -hmm. right? So TTD does that one-stop integrated platform where you can, advertisers can go in and just kind of buy all sorts of ads, right? So it's, it's this integrated platform. Essentially, that's that's what it is, right? They don't own advertising assets. They just yeah. kind of, you know, built this platform for you to make advertising easy, mm -hmm. right? And uh, in the advertising community, in the branding community, it's like the top three platforms. Many people are on the platforms, right? And they're growing, fast growing. And they have, I think they have like minimal debt. The last I remember, you see revenue per share trending up. That's good news. Uh, you see... You see revenue continue to grow very significantly, actually. Right, so it grows at about 30, 30 40% a year. Right, so mm -hmm. that is super exciting, 30, 40% a year. And um, they have no debt. Yeah, no long-term debt. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, I, I usually only look at long-term debt because uh, short-term kind of liquidity leverage is to me is no big deal because uh, the long-term debt is what usually sucks up a lot of a lot of percentage in the in terms of you know companies right so average they pay about five three five seven percent corporate debt rates depend on the health of the company depends on what kind of rates they can get from the banks or from institutional investors it's a uh, complicated thing you know you can read through the financial statements to to see it but i think very important we got to look at the absence of long-term debt that means that the company is not taking on massive kind of loans and debt to expand or do mna or to grow their business uh whatever so that's that's very good especially in a time like this right in a time like this i think ttd will shine uh, you will see more and more people trying to be more effective and more efficient with their advertising dollar they will probably run less you know huge ads like bus ads or like banner ads you know they will want to get more be more targeted community driven so you should see advertising move more and more towards a digital front and with this whole with this whole like corona thing uh yeah more and more advertisers will go digital and more 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 digital more ad dollars will go into the digital ad space Right, and uh, I think I think they are great business in this in this uh, in this part. Yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, just for those who might be just joining us, uh, please note that this is not professional advice of any sort. Uh, we are just doing this for entertainment purposes because everyone's kind of stuck at home, so nothing better yeah. to do. Right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was just planning to record some new episodes and then you're like oh let's go live at 12 so like, oh okay okay let's do it yeah. and uh for those who are um also joining us in from different channels so you know we're 
our primary channel right now is the Facebook group, uh, Personal Finance, uh, blah, 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 Malaysia, um, or Investing in Personal Finance Malaysia. Um, but we are also live on a few different pages. So if you are messaging on pages or on YouTube, uh, we can still see you here. So uh, please keep us um, and yeah, just please keep up with us here and let us know uh, what your thoughts are. Someone's asking. You were using FA to analyze the stock, which is great at telling what to buy. What do you use to figure when to buy? Uh, that is the that is the question, right? <laughs> so I think um, the challenge with evaluating growth stocks, okay, it will be much easier if the company is like huge, right? And uh, it's uh, you can use PE ratio, you can use DCF. A lot of traditional valuation models they work when the company is big. Right. Uh, if you're evaluating like Coke, Nike, Starbucks, um, these companies are huge and you will very unlikely see them grow massively. Right. Uh, maybe they will try to grow in other ways. Like uh, Starbucks is trying to go FMCG. They are trying to do like bubble tea kind of kind of structure. If you have not find out Starbucks, I think they're doing a Starbucks now or Starbucks go kind of brand. Just go and check it out. Uh, they're trying to emulate like tea life and they already started in China, right? So very, very, yeah, in due time, you will see them appear in every part of the world and it will be a great, it, it's a great remodeling of that business because they are actually trying to do more delivery, right? And small, small businesses, uh, small outlets allow them to to do that part. So they, they lean down their menu and set up something like a bubble tea shop uh, for Starbucks, right? So these kind of, Growth uh, potentials are, are interesting, but they already have a they have a big base in their business, so it's a lot easier to evaluate them with DCF, discounted cash flow, or like PE ratios for these kind of companies. Um, for growth companies, it's a big question mark. How 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 do you want to do it, right? So the best the best bet will be mostly to just try to buy when it's cheaper when the when the market. It's like half at this point in time. I think it is. It is okay to. It is okay to buy at this point in time, right? Uh, but that doesn't mean you buy everything. I think the challenge a lot of time is to, how much do you buy, right? So at what at what point in time do you buy, and um, is that the only buy, right? So if you have a thousand dollars and you want to put it to GTD, you can put three hundred dollars first, all right? And then you observe and you see that they're growing, and then if if it's continue, it's good. You can you can add a little more. Right, so some people use price to revenue, price to sales. Uh, depends on how you look at it, right? But I, I just, I come from the ground that I want to find a technology that has two things. One is it is it is so disruptive that you ha you don't see a way of going backwards. There is only you can only go forward, right? And number two is that there is a path to profitability, right? It needs to be profitable. Right. And from 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 that point of path to, path to profitability, then we can we can look deeper into like how do you evaluate the intrinsic value of of the business. Right. But uh, a lot of models they will they will crash at this point in time. They just don't work as well. Yeah. So a little good faith goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, and I guess kind of adding it to like when to buy. Um, I mean, you could if, the way I look or the way I'm planning my own money is I'm almost like unlocking a set amount or a set percentage every every week in a sense, right? So um, similar to 
you know, how you should always be like dollar cost averaging long-term. Um, you should like for things like this, you should also kind of be dollar cost averaging in a sense, right? Like, uh, you know, this week or, you know, this, the next, the first two weeks I gave, I, I unlocked 20% um, because, you know, there are definitely opportunities there and I will only take the ones that have the opportunities. The rest of them are, are like, yeah, the rest of them are people, things I'm keeping an eye on, but I'm not actually acting on this yet. Right. And then next, or, you know, next two weeks or whatever, um, if things continue the way they are, I might be like, okay, I'll, I'll let myself go out for another 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, whatever it is. Right. So I guess it's also like a function of time of, um, having a, having a game plan for how you're actually going to spend your money. Uh, and then knowing that like, yeah, you know, uh, for me, as more like, uh, trying to stick with the value investing type of thing, um, having like a clear, like, okay, first hurdle, like as if you get to this point is, is a is potentially like okay i can start looking at like buying you right and then if you go lower then i'll continue buying a bit more a bit more a bit more um and so on and so forth yeah i think there is uh it's almost impossible to time the market right uh yeah. and yeah yeah i think yeah yeah it's, it's just very difficult to time the market don't try <laughs> yeah and then the last question here and then we can move on to maybe your, your second uh, stock or company that you would like to talk to or talk about. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm I'm doing anything differently with this market situation. Using SMA and EMA. What is SMA and EMA? Uh, I think this guy's more... Looking at technicals, moving averages, money, uh, but now everything broke through every support line. Ah, support line. Okay, no clue what model to use. Okay, I I'm not technical. There's something that you need to know. I'm more fundamentals, uh, so I don't time the market. I was pretty shocked every morning when I wake up. <laughs> it's like ooh, ten percent down. Ooh, ten percent up. Ooh, five percent down. So every day is uh, it's like opening up a new present, right? So. <laughs> The good thing is I'm not technical. Uh, I, I'm not concerned about short-term day-to-day fluctuations. I do a bit of options, uh, but yeah, not technical that way. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Uh, so that's kind of all the questions we have right now. So is there another company that you had in mind that you would like to kind of uh, brief we, us or introduce us to? Uh, did, we talk to Ro- did we talk about Roku yesterday? No. Mm. Roku. Roku, love that, love that company. Yeah, so this is actually when I, you know, I've, I've started, like, it popped up on my radar maybe three, four days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't really know much about this type of industry. So could you kind of help me understand what this is about as well? Okay, essentially, all of you guys are online these days, right? We, we no longer uh, watch cable, right? So uh, no more Astro TV. Uh, no more, no more of those kind of stuff. Even if you use TV, you watch Netflix, you watch YouTube, you know all these different uh, platforms. Yeah. Right? So you realize that streaming is becoming more and more of a thing. Uh, everyone is going there for 
very good reasons because you get to choose your content, you get to see what you want to watch, you get to skip, you get to reverse, you get to pause, everything, right? So a lot of control as to what you can watch. So that is good. And all the big boys are trying to come into the business, right? Disney is in the business, HBO, right? Amazon, uh, Netflix is the giant in the business. So everyone is in the business of uh, streaming. Yeah. And everyone is struggling with one thing, content, right? So content is very expensive. And uh, you see, if you go to Netflix's financial, you see tons of bleeding. You know, although they're growing, they're growing, 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 but they're spending a lot of billions and billions of dollars. I think they spent 20 billion there are 20 billion in debt, long-term debt as of now, uh, just to fund all these, you know, Orange is the New Black, uh, all those kind of content. Clearly, I watch Orange is the New Black. Yeah, uh, all those kind of content. And uh, good, that they're winning Oscars, but they're not making money, right? They're not, like, uh, profitable in that aspect. So, which is why if you are trying to make money in the streaming space and you're betting on streaming as a, as a business, um, I would think you want to look at something like a Disney because Disney has tons of content, right? And uh, they can do all those kind of stuff. But besides that content aspects of, of things, you realize Roku is an interesting spin-off from Netflix, right? Actually, it's one of the co-founders. I think one of the earlier people of Netflix, he came out and he decided to build this whole hardware business, which is Roku, right? Essentially, it's like an Apple TV, right? Apple TV... Uh, so it's like Roku TV, right? But Apple TV only streams Apple stuff. And you know, Roku TV does everything. So it's like they integrate with everyone. And they have since uh, pivoted into a platform kind of business, which means like anyone can start their own kind of broadcast channel, Comcast or like uh, like a YouTube channel like TYT or BuzzFeed. You know, or if they want to go into streaming, they can join the Roku platform. Right? Can so we do it? Uh, we just need to find, <laughs> we need to find a lot of content, right? So you need to be exciting enough. So the Roku platform allows all these kind of players to open up their own streaming channel, essentially opening up a new a Netflix without the whole technological infrastructure of setting up Netflix. So entertainment companies can do what they do best, which is entertain, and Roku will settle everything. Right. So so I think I think I think. That is where it is, right? Okay. And, uh, but how do they how do they make money? And you know, as a user myself, then like, or why would users choose Roku versus like Netflix? For example? Okay, three three three, uh, three things. So one thing is Roku used to sell hardware device, right? Now they are integrating it with televisions. So one in three televisions in the market in the US have Roku attachment in it now. So you don't even need to buy the extra device; they already built the hardware into into uh, the television. Right, so that's one thing. Right, so you will, I think more and more people will want to enjoy a larger screen at the comfort of a sofa. You know, with it, whether it's a projector, whether it's a television, we just we don't want to watch cable, but we still want to enjoy that kind of TV kind of experience. So yes, um, Roku is going down the hardware infrastructure line. That is that is cool. They will increase accessibility for all of us. That's nice. If you don't spend on uh, Roku TV, you don't buy a TV, you can still buy the device. So that's one thing. Second thing is I think Roku has a subscription model as well, right? So if you subscribe to Roku, you get access to like Disney Plus, you get access to a lot of different kind of platforms at a fixed price. So Roku kind of integrates all these different platforms to come in, right? So that is, that is good also for, for consumer end, right? And number three is Roku uses licensing, right? So they have all this tech infrastructure and they license that to 
all the different media platforms that want to, you know, stream and make their own kind of stream network, right? And uh, I think that is becoming a, a huge business. Uh, I think it was 70% growth. I can't remember exactly, but that is growing massively. And as more and more people are coming onto the Roku infrastructure, more and more content people are funneling through. So as more and more content is coming through the Roku infrastructure, then you'll see probably more and more people will sign up for Roku kind of subscription. All right. So, uh, and they're starting to expand overseas beyond the US. So I think that is, uh, it's pretty cool. Mm. Okay. Um, so right now, like, they don't, they're not really doing any sort of advertising revenue either or anything like that, right? Uh, they, they do have some uh, internal kind of, like, like the other platforms that are on them, they can do ads. Okay. Uh, yes, yes. But they don't, they don't really make money from ads. Mostly streaming and hardware and subscription. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, because I guess from, you know, just, I don't really know much about the company right now, right? So I can't really say much. Um, but I guess the way my first question, if, if they're going down a subscription route, um, the way I look at it is people will kind of choose their default entertainment, right? Mm. Um, so if like for, if, you know, for Disney, like would, what, why would Netflix ever want to subscribe to or be on Roku? Mm. Right. Because then they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm like, now I'm, I'm not getting as much or I don't have full control of the user. Um, and now Roku has control of that user. Good question. Um, I'm not sure exactly how things work here in Malaysia, but in Singapore, there are a few telco companies, uh, like they sell, they sell like Wi-Fi or like data only plans, uh, but mm -hmm. they don't actually own the infrastructure. Right. So they're just resellers. Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, I think that's something that we need to realize that it's very prevalent in the market because if you want to localize in the industry, you got to work with the local people and you got to let the distributors make some money, right? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a reality of, because it's complex in different local markets, right? And uh, having the first mover advantage kind of helps uh, in, in the business. You will, you will also see Roku reselling to other people uh, in different, different aspects of, uh, of the market, right? That, that's kind of that's kind of how it works. The, the, the idea, the ideal for a lot of us direct to customer kind of businesses is everybody hope that they can actually go direct to the customer, so they can bypass all the middle people and then just suck out all the profits. But on practice, it is just not the case, right? Even a lot of enterprise softwares, a lot of uh, like code, uh, di a lot of digital platforms, they they look like they're going direct, but a lot of times they're going to a lot of resellers and distributors and, you know, there's a whole chain around it, right? So, um, like it or not, this is not a one guy wins all kind of kind of business, right? A lot of, there was a short period of time, everyone was like, Netflix is going to kill everyone. Netflix is going to kill everybody. But the reality is uh, some people like Netflix, some people like Game of Thrones, they go on HBO, some people like different, different things, right? And, um, yeah, I think Roku has a kind of integrated uh, hardware infrastructure and a kind of integrated licensing platform to allow a lot more media content to drop the cable and go on streaming. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I mean, that's one of those companies I'll be looking at over the weekend. Uh, hopefully, next time we do, we talk about Roku, I can actually have a more intelligent conversation around it. <laughs> cool. Happy to do that.
Mm-hmm. Any any interesting companies on your end? Have you seen any things that that you're looking at? Yeah, so um, TTD was definitely one of them. Um, oh, TTD! Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me actually pull up my little sheet here. Oh yeah, I think a lot of people. Uh, there's always this discussion between index investing and picking your own stock. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I would think. For most people, indexing is good enough. You know, uh, you get average five to six percent growth. It's good. You double your money in about ten years, which is good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but as you go along, if you are super keen on uh, <clears throat> picking stocks, it's going to be fun. For and uh, I think you can get a little more returns if you become pretty good at it. All right, so. Uh, you kind of can pretty go, big if though, right? Yeah, it's pretty big if, and you kind of can do more integrated. So okay, a lot of people they start with indexing, and then they start to like add a little bit, like buy a little bit of Facebook, buy a little bit of Visa, buy a little bit of here and there to like add on to to whatever they they're trying to do. I on the other hand, I started with picking stocks, and I'm going to add some indexing. <laughs> so um, because I start to see the value of uh, broad based kind of exposure. Like I want to get some exposure in in Chinese market. I want to get some exposure in like maybe in the European market or the Japanese market. It may be, I'm not sure yet. Um, and if I, if I want to get exposure and I'm just too lazy to, to look at everything, then I could just buy some indexes that cover those, those markets and, you know, kind of you know, grow and find opportunities in that sense. Right, so I think there is a room for indexing, and there is always room also for for picking stocks. So up, uh, see for yourself. There's too much of a this or that, yes or no in in uh, the retail investor space. I think a lot of times we got to look at uh, what is the percentage. I think that is more important than absolutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Sorry, back to you. Yeah. So um, one company. Um... I think we've, we mentioned it before, um, but Booking.com is definitely my okay. go-to at this point. Um, so the reason I'm looking, I'm interested in this right now is because, as, as we all know, the tourism industry has really been taking a beating, right? Um, and so a lot of these companies are have dropped significantly. Like we're looking at like six to, 60 to 90% in some cases, right? Um, Booking.com is not, or is in, it's kind of in that travel space, but they're more of a tech play, right? And I think the reason, the biggest reason why a lot of these companies have dropped like 60s, 80s, 70, 80% is because they have a lot of debt, right? And when they have a lot of debt, it means that they have a lot of debt obligations um, and that those debt obligations don't just disappear when you don't get customers, right? Um, and so therefore, like a lot, some of, a lot of these companies are actually facing bankruptcy. Booking.com, um, because they don't actually own any assets, they don't own hotels, they don't own um, physical buildings or anything like that, they have no real debt, right? And um, more, and all they, they're, all they really are is like, they're kind of like the Google for, for like booking hotels or booking trips or whatever, um, which is a huge, huge, huge opportunity. Um, like, you know, they, when, when people stop searching, like they just, you know, like I think their biggest expense is actually you know paying Google to advertise on their platform, right? Um, but when people stop searching, then obviously their expenses from that perspective also drops. Um, and for me personally, like 
these guys are also sitting on, I think, six billion in cash. Yeah, uh, which super which, rich. <laughs> yeah, and like they they don't. I think their current liability, so everything that that's paid this year, um, as of last annual report, was like um, five billion or so, right? So they're still sitting on one billion dollars in cash um, that they can easily take to, you know, bio some of their competitors, right, and grow even bigger because of that. Um, so yeah, like and that's the one I'm really looking at. Uh, you know, they've definitely passed that initial threshold of you know it's time for me to, you know, I can start getting in. Uh, of course, you know, it, considering it's a thousand dollars a share or thousand one here a share, like you know, I'll probably be getting like one share each time, and just slowly like inch my way in. Um, but I am hoping to really uh, stockpile this guy um, if it goes down any further. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people, okay, you were just talking about $1,000 a share, right? Yeah. So a lot of people uh, have this misconception that, you know, a cheaper company, you know, it's it's uh, it's good. You know, like you got, it's very easy for $1 to become $2, right? You know, uh, that is what a lot of people think, but that is not the case. Uh, <laughs> if you play with pennies, you may lose your pennies, right? Uh, you want to find companies that have a decent size, a decent number, and you got to realize that it is priced uh, at a thousand of dollars, but the overall company can may not uh, may. How much is the valuation of like booking? Forty eight point three five billion market yeah, cap. So the whole the whole company is worth forty eight billion, right? It's it's uh, and a thousand dollar share is just kind of their decision to benchmark at a certain price because at a bigger price there's lesser speculation. That tends to be the case, um, and there are other companies that are like very cheap. You know, like I have a friend who told me that like he buys uh, those kind of super small bio camp, biotech pharma companies. I'm like, oh my God. You know, uh, yes, that I is a Bank of America here just for an ex- as, you know, an example yeah. of much cheaper. Um, mm. So if you could just kind of continue your thought process using Bank of America as an example. Yeah. Um, so how much is the valuation, the BAC? Uh, According to this chart here, it says 975 or 971 million market cap. Okay, yeah. So w- what I was trying to say is the whole of the Bank of America is, is worth a billion dollars. Like the company itself is worth a billion dollars, right? And uh, it doesn't mean that it is a better company or it is a, it is a worse company. It just means it's a valuated as a much smaller company, right? And it doesn't mean that like at $20, then it is easier to go to 40 right? Uh, it, it doesn't work that way. Uh, I usually want to look at like mid-sized companies, about $10 billion. Uh, I think they have room to double up, triple up. Not impossible. Yeah, at, 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 at that kind of that kind of rates. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's definitely the one I'm most interested in that's in the price range of, or it's that has fallen enough um, to the point where it's, it's looking very appealing. Mm. Someone asked, um, do you have like a watch list? Yes, I have a, I have a watch list. And, uh, and why? Do you mean like, why do I have a watch list? Uh, because I just have a watch list. Huh? <laughs> it's just kind of how I observe the market. And if I see something interesting, but I'm not ready to buy for whatever reason, I'll just kind of add it to the watch list and I will, I will continue to look at it and see how things go. Yeah, I don't mind sharing. I just don't know how to share. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, just going to the why of having a watch list. Um, if you don't have a watch list, you're being very reactive, right? It means you don't know you don't know if something, you know, what what opportunities are actually opportunities and what opportunities or what things are just like duds that are just falling, right? Um, so by having a watch list, I, by preparing beforehand and having I, like clear ideas of like these are the companies that I'm that I understand. These are companies that I have kind of a rough valuation of where I think it could be in the future. And these are the prices that I'm interested in getting into. Then when, you know, when the news comes along, then you're not just like freaking out, um, trying to figure out, uh, oh, you know, what do I do now, right? Is this the time to buy, right? Because you've actually taken that time beforehand um, to really understand what it is that you're going to be buying and when you will be buying it or what prices you'll be buying it at. Okay, guys, I hope you learned something useful today. And yeah, these are some snippets from our live, our Facebook live during this lockdown period when we're all stuck at home. So if you enjoy, please go to our live, our, our Facebook live page, which is the TFC page, The Financial Coconut, to continue to catch us live every day. And if you enjoy this, you learn something, I hope you can share with your friends, people you love, and do share with us what companies are within your radar. But of course, remember, this is for entertainment only, right? We are enthusiasts, we're not professionals, and we're just sharing our thoughts. And if you want to support the channel, you want to keep us growing, please go to Kofi, ko-fi.com slash the financial coconut to support us. All links are in the description below. So stay healthy. I hope that this COVID-19 thing is uh, over soon. I will see you around. Take care, guys.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.